Welcome to the One Right Church podcast, where we will discuss what it's like to believe that you attend the only right church. My name is Mark Shaw, and I spent the first 45 years of my life in the Followers of Christ Church in Oregon City, believing I was in the One Right Church. Our hope is that by simply sharing our story, that we would urge people to look to the Bible for answers instead of their religious traditions. We want to encourage people to trust in Jesus for their salvation and not in attending the One Right Church. Let's get started. Hi, Scott. How you doing, Mark? Good. Good. Happy New Year. Yeah, yeah, it is. 2024. It's hard to believe. But, um, I thought we would... I, I got a question, actually, uh, from someone, and they were... Their question reminded me of having the same question at one point, and it it made me think of, of a parable that, that we read. But the question was basically, how do I know who is my brother? How do I know who is not? How do I know? Um, and and I, I couldn't think of a direct answer to that specific question in the Bible, but it made me think of who is my neighbor that you read in the the Good Samaritan. And I'll tell you, for me, it was, that might sound odd to you that that remind because those are two Little different brother things, and right? brother would be the yeah. same? Yeah. That it is odd. It, it is. <laughs> or I should say, you're odd for thinking that. Right. No, I'm just yes. kidding. Yes. Uh, but it it really, for a lot of my life, that, that was the same. Because when you're in a place where we've talked about everything outside being the world, all of our definitions kind of mix together. So for, for in, basically both those definitions mix together for inside outside. Yeah. Yeah. Brothers are inside. Non brothers are outside. Exactly. Neighbors are inside. Non neighbors are outside. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. And a little example of that, we've lived in the same place for, uh, boy, 14 years now. Okay. And last summer I met some of my neighbors for the first time. Like I just did not. Okay. Because growing up, I, you just didn't do that. We didn't associate with neighbors even unless they went to our church, you know? Oh, so, so, so you mean people on your block? Yeah. You just met for the first time. I just met them for the first time because you, Partly because you changed your definition of who is a neighbor. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So it was, um, it, it's just something that we've, we just have ingrained in our minds, I guess, or we're just brought up thinking that we have to make this clarification and we have to know who is our brother, who is our neighbor, and, and we have to determine that. And what, why? Do you mind me asking why? I, I think looking back on it now, I think it was to justify myself. I think it was that when you do read uh, to do good unto all people or to um, to love one another, uh, to love your neighbor as yourself is hard to do when you're taught to not really even associate with your neighbors. So in order to be able to do that, 
in order to love your neighbor as yourself, you have to change Nar- the narrow, definition narrow of the neighbor. Def- narrow the definition yeah. in some respect. Yeah, okay. narrow it. So, uh, so yeah, I, I just thought, um, I remember reading the, the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke 10 for the first time after coming to faith, and it was just another one of those parables where I could clearly see for the first time that I was not the good guy in this parable, you might say. I was the, uh, I was the guy asking this question, who is my neighbor? Yeah, well, fair enough. And uh, on the other hand, um, he picks religious professionals, priests and Levites, right. as the bad guys too. So yeah. I, I feel your pain. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I, I don't know if we read the whole thing here or well, it's not that long. Okay. I think it's probably worth just reminding you know people what a parable is. Right. And it just tells stories mm-hmm. uh, and he speaks in parables so that um, he can um, reveal uh, things about the kingdom of heaven, things about himself, things about the world uh, to those who have ears to hear and hide them from people who don't have ears to hear. Right. And so that's what this is in some respect. It's a story that um, it, it's pretty clear. And yeah. uh, trust you'll have ears to hear as uh, we read it. You want me to read it? Sure. Or you want to read it? Sure, go ahead. Uh, this is from Luke chapter 10, uh, beginning verse 29. Uh, and, and it begins verse 29, which is, of course, uh, I'm really good this way, after verse 28. Um, because the preceding verses have to do with the, what we call the great commandment, love the Mm. Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. And then a guy thinks about this for a minute. Hmm. Who's my neighbor? He's he wonders. And so this is how it starts in Luke 10, 29, but he desiring to justify himself. So I, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't stop. I volunteered to read, not stop, right? But I'm stopping anyway. Because he's justifying himself. What's he, what does that mean, that he's justifying himself? He is trying to make it okay Yeah. the way that he has been treating people, I think, the way that he views the world. He's trying to make, you know, make that okay. Yeah. And so he's desiring to justify himself. And he said to Jesus, who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. But now, by chance, a priest was going down that same road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, The one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Hmm. So how does that help you figure out who your neighbor is, Mark? Right. Well, first I love 
that Jesus turns it around on him. He he asks, how can I tell who is my neighbor? And I think he has the same attitude that the Levite has and that the uh, priest has who walk by on the other side. Jesus turns it around to which one of these people were kind of actively a neighbor to the man who had fallen in the ditch instead of, and, and I think that's really how I spent my whole life. It was, I'm going to determine who I will be good to, who I will help based on if I've already, if I've established that they are my neighbor or aren't my neighbor, um, which so, means I wasn't being a neighbor. Well, that, well, okay, that sounds a little complicated. Okay. Um, so I'm just, let me see if I can try it again here. So you're saying that you would predetermine who is your neighbor or not your neighbor, and you would help your neighbor. And what, what Jesus is doing here is saying, you can't predetermine it. Right. If you come across this person, and he has a need, he's your neighbor. Right. And you better be a neighbor to him. Right. Who loves his neighbor as himself. Right. Okay. Yeah. So in other words, it's, I, I, I like what you said about the predetermining the neighbor. Yeah. Because here Jesus, I mean, all three people bumped into the same guy. Right. One of them helped him. And in other words, one of them was neighborly toward him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, we, we mix it up a little bit uh, in our, in our context, or, or I used to mix it up quite a bit in my context when my brother left followers and I was still there. Now, all of a sudden, your physical brother, my so physical okay. brother, okay. my, Yes, my <laughs> my literal brother, he he left followers and and that's where the line had to be drawn is now he's no longer my neighbor. I, I didn't th- these guys who I had been hanging out with, I'd been going and having lunch with. I had been they'd been doing your friends all these your whole things. life. Yeah. But they left there now all of a sudden I have to pass by them on the other side of the road, like, like these. Oh yeah. It, I mean, it's that dramatic of a thing. Well, it sounds dramatic when you say it that way anyway. Yeah. And, but it's, but it's real. That's the expectation. And, and if you don't do that, then you just know that people are going to now walk by you on the other side of the road. Um, so in some respect, that's the risk, isn't it? It is for stepping away is that now you're outside the neighborhood, you might say, and you're in some respect in danger of being isolated like this guy. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's, it, it is just, it's a hard thing to realize. Like you said, it's the parables are intended to be unclear and clear at the same, unclear to some clear to others. And I've experienced both of those. I, and I've talked about that where I did not get what this was saying until I got what this was saying. And then it was it, like, it oh, is no. kind of straightforward when it really is. Yeah. yeah. In part, I mean, the other, I think really cool thing when you're talking about neighborhood, I mean, or neighbors, not neighborhood, neighborhood, neighbors, he picked a Samaritan. Yeah. It wasn't the people who even were physically or, or, by blood close to this guy who was beaten. This right. was a, it was a Samaritan. 
somebody yeah. who was not, uh, you know, you might say half blood and despised himself. Yeah. Turns out to be the good neighbor. Yeah. It probably would be worth talking about that a little bit. Like what, because Jesus does pick three people here, a, a priest, a Levite and a Samaritan. And I, I would not have had any idea the background of any of these people or, or why it was important. Um, wh- why do you say a Samaritan was stands out here? Why is it important that it's a Samaritan? Well, first of all, the priests and Levite are the people you would expect to stop. Mm-hmm. They're the people who should have stopped. Right. Uh, for one, a Samaritan was one you wouldn't expect to stop because they were uh, the bad guys. And um, they were, the, the Samaritans had really been in the land and intermarried and different things with, uh, who knows, pagans and other nationalities. And so they had a sort of a mutated uh, version of religion and, and I mean, so much so that they were looked down on so much so that somebody coming from the north in Galilee would, rather than go through some Samaria, would walk around. I mean, mm. and they're walking. It's not like, let's take the freeway instead of the back roads. It's like, right. let's walk out of our way so we don't have to even see this kind of person. Wow. Yeah. So they really, that's a, that's what a Samaritan was. He was that much of a, a outcast or a... Uh, somebody that they would esteem worse than second second class citizens. I mean, second class citizen is just they're there, they're second class. This is like somebody to be avoided, mm. and okay. he is the person who shows himself to be a neighbor because he has compassion, right? And so, I mean, Jesus. That's that's what kind of what the story hinges on is this this outsider proving to be a neighbor when the insiders are the ones who walked by. Right. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) Well, I love what, what is it that we really should take away from, from this parable when he's saying, when his question is, who is my neighbor? What is, I mean, Jesus ends with, you go and do likewise. So is he's telling this guy to model after what the Samaritan did there. Right. That's that's the point. Um, but he's fighting against this thought. I think he's saying to him, you would, someone asking this question, who is my neighbor, would be the one who walks around on the other side of the road. Well, if you're looking to walk around, yeah, you're missing the point. Exactly. If you're looking to avoid being neighborly with anybody, yeah, you're missing the point. Right. So that I think would be the takeaway. And this guy, he's he's trying to justify himself and make it okay that he's doing that. Right. And Jesus says, um, it's not okay. Yeah. Go and do likewise. Is yeah. Uh, you can see kind of you you've done this podcast with me long enough. You can see the problem that this poses for. Uh, people who are at followers or in an, another group like it uh, that think that they're in the one right church, that these are our neighbors only and everyone else is to be walked walked by. This 
this is a problem when Jesus tells the man, go and do likewise. Well, well, it is really interesting. I mean, sometimes I, you know, people, people come and go from our church, I'll just say. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it just is a, it bothers me that they do. And, uh, you know, I get, maybe I have a bad attitude, but there's, it doesn't change my relationship to them. In other words, I still owe them the same neighborly obligation because, or brotherly obligation because they're, it doesn't change ultimately that relationship. Right. And that's some of the difference I think, because I don't see that we're the one or only right church. We're one among several or one among many, and we can, um, we're all seeking to serve Jesus. And if we're all seeking to serve Jesus, then, um, yeah, that I can't avoid them. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, I came to a point, like like I said, I brought up my brother earlier. I I came to the point where I realized, like reading something like this, even though I've decided that he's no longer my neighbor, you might say, just use this same term, that I can't be neighborly to him. It was me that was not being obedient to Jesus with that attitude. It, he says, go and do likewise. I was doing the opposite of that. I was... I just used it as an excuse and and it was always their fault too. Like you, you left, you decide, it's like saying, well, you, you decided, of course you fell among the robbers and this is what happened to you. This is what happens if you leave. And so I'm going to walk on the other side of the road and, and think that that's okay. When Jesus is clearly saying, go and help him, you know, right. go. And so it's just, it's just interesting. I know that there are people out there now struggling with the way they're expected to treat people who are not going there anymore. Well, it does strike me that the inside-outside mm-hmm. line is is a lot darker than it needs to be. Yeah. And that the inside-outside line is there in part because I think of a fear of what's on the outside of that line. Yeah. And, um, and the other thing about that line, I think, is what, what does that line stand for? What, you know, what draws the line where it is? Because the line appears to be drawn by attendance or by participation in right. the One Right Church. And yeah. if you participate, you're on the inside of the line. If you don't participate, you're on the outside of the line. And... That's what makes the line the line. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's, you don't, I just don't see that really anywhere. Well, it's not in this parable for sure. It's for fact, sure. The opposite, the opposite is in this parable. Yeah. It's, it, he's like got his eraser out with this, with this parable saying, you know, let's yeah. just erase this line here. Yeah. Because you're going to, the person you encounter who needs compassion that's your neighbor, period. Yeah. Doesn't matter where they go to church. I mean, the other the other thing that we talked about beforehand was the inside outside about who's my brother and who's not my brother. Not, right. 
now I'm not talking about your physical brother that we've right. been talking about already, but just what makes somebody your brother. And again, is it you know church membership or is it the fact that you're at the same place at the same time on a Sunday morning or some other time? Right. Or is it something different? And the the scripture when it talks about who who is in the family and who's out of the family, it kind of always describes it the same way. It doesn't describe it with respect to uh, your your worship. It doesn't describe it with respect to your you know religious practices. It res- it describes who is a brother in terms of how they relate to uh, the Lord, how they relate to God the Father. Right. If you're a son of God the Father, then you're a brother to other people who are children. Right. For instance, John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Children who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but God. Yeah. And so it's really not where you're born. Right. It's the fact that, that God gives you a new birth into a new family, which makes you brothers. Yeah. And, you know, Romans eight fourteen, for all who are led by the spirit of God are sons of God. We did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've respe- received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Mm. And so those... Those are all, all, all have to do with how you relate to God the Father, and you relate to God the Father by virtue of faith in God the Son. Yeah. And so by personal faith in Christ, then you become a child of God. When you become a child of God, then you're part of the larger family of God, and that is not local. It is really global in that respect, right. that I have brothers, I have brothers and sisters who are on the other side of the world in China or in Africa or in Iran or in Europe or in Australia. Yeah. And, and I should regard them in the same way I regard you as yeah. a, you know, as family, yeah. because we are, we have the same exact relationship to God, the father through God, the son and mm-hmm. the God, the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're those children. Yeah. And so that, the, again, the inside out, I, I wanted to bring up the brother thing right there because, yeah. because there, I think God draws that line and he draws it in a different place than, than we were talking earlier. It's, it, the line is drawn uh, around the brother line, the different than the neighbor line, the brother line. The neighbor yeah. line is erased. Right. You're a neighbor, whoever you run into. Yeah. The brother line, sometimes that is, you know, thicker than water, you might say. Sure. And the, but the brother line is drawn around those who have personal faith in Jesus or saving faith in Jesus. Those who have been born into his family by faith. Those people are family. Those people are brothers. Yeah. And that, again, is a, is a line that is, or a circle, you might say, it's a lot bigger than any one local church. Sure. Yeah. No, what I, I loved... One of the things you said early on there about um, it's not based on your worship. It's not based on your religious practices. It's yeah. it's through Christ. And it reminded me of even just a few verses before you, you talked about it. But 
part of, well, in verse 25, uh, this same person who asks, who is my neighbor, he starts out by asking, uh, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And I really think that that, I think that those two ideas kind of go hand in hand. They always did for me. If, if I think there's something I can do to gain eternal life, what, you know, what can I do? Then I'm, I'm just automatic. I'm thinking about me. Like, what can I do? It, it seemed, it was self-centered for me. It was, what can I do? And then it's, okay, love, love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself that doesn't seem like it's about me as much. And I think that's where that question comes back to, well, then who is my neighbor? Like it, it's all about trying to get it back to what works for me, which is like our religious practices is, it, is what it became. And it became going to the right place and being with the right people. And, and it just, that went on for so long that it was just, it was actually, in my life, it was absent of Jesus. It, it was totally, mm. it, it had gone completely the other way from where it needed to be, which was focused on becoming part of that family through him. Right. Uh, I mean, Galatians 3.26, for in Christ Jesus, mm. yeah. you are all sons of God. Mm-hmm. So not if you're in the one right church, but if you're in Christ Jesus, you're sons of God, which right. makes you brothers. And he says, you're all sons of God through faith. Yeah. The means into that is by faith. Yeah. And so again, and, and hopefully we've said this enough over and over that, that the whole idea of Christianity is being saved by grace through faith. And yeah. when you get that, then you become part of this family that is worldwide. And you know, the, 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 the brothers and the sisters are all yeah. over the place, not just in one um, yeah. locale. Yeah, well, it's it's a great parable. Um, I I still love reading it, but I still remember how I used to read it every time I do read it. So, um, but I I do I, I do love. It. But I remember I remember times in my life where I felt like I was doing the right thing, but I was still looking around, like looking over my shoulder to see if somebody from followers was seeing me do the right thing for the wrong person, maybe. Or like, um, you know, and, and you just do that. There's just always that, that fear that someone's going to see you. And that, and that's why the, the priest and the Levite, that's why they walked on the other side is they didn't want to be seen doing something for the wrong person. Um, they, they just didn't want to associate with them. And so, one of the hymns that we would sing, I, I just think it's, again, they, these are always seem like they're ironic every w- week when we talk about it, but we would, we would sing Rescue the Perishing, and, and then I, I just couldn't figure it out because we didn't believe we were perishing, but we didn't help anybody else. And, oh, interesting. And then we would sing Rescue the Perishing, Care for the Dying, Snatch them in pity from sin and the grave. Weep over the erring one. Lift up the fallen. Tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. And I didn't, I don't think I ever did that. Mm. Not ever, but I'd sing this all the time. It is a good song. It's a great song. (laughs) 
Um, Though they are slighting him, still he is waiting, waiting the penitent child to receive. Plead with them earnestly, plead with them gently. He will forgive if they only believe. And I, I just don't know. I've found that the parables and the songs are a lot alike, that they, they weren't clear, and then they were clear. And, mm. man, I just hope that you're, you're pleading with people. People just like are pleading a... with them earnestly and hopefully gently mm. that, yeah, he, is, uh, he will forgive if they only believe. And that's a great, great truth. Um, down in the human heart, crushed by the tempter, Feelings lie buried that grace can restore. Touched by a loving heart, wakened by kindness, chords that are broken will vibrate once more. And then the last verse is, rescue the perishing, duty demands it, which kind of speaks to Jesus saying, go and do likewise. You know, it's a strength for thy labor, the Lord will provide. Back to the narrow way, patiently win them tell the poor wanderer a savior has died and so i mean if we can just do that with the, if there's if there's anybody that we can tell if if you feel like you're wandering if you feel like uh, you're just missing something that really a savior has died is what mm-hmm. i want to tell people cuz it for you he's died for he you he has died yeah. for you yeah Yeah. Well, thanks, Scott. That's a a good word, Mark. Thank you. Well, hopefully this has been helpful. If you have questions or comments or a topic that you would like us to cover, you can reach us at comments at onerightchurch.com. And for more information, you can visit our website, www.onerightchurch.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.